strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdown, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go Welcome to another episode of Bootstrapped in the Trenches. Very special today. I'm actually down in Charleston, South Carolina with Dan. He's hosting me. Him and Danny have been great hosts. This is probably, in my opinion, the most underrated town in the country. I know that's a bold statement. Charleston, I have yet to, very friendly people. The food is, if you like barbecues, like fried food, Southern style, they have great stuff. That's been my one hold up with this place, but it's it's good enough for a visit. It's not well, like I'll say is there are a lot of great high end restaurants that you need reservations for, but like we we haven't done any of that. Which but Dan, I, are there any hole in the wall joints here where you can just go in for a slice or a, a good you know like the I Asian cuisine like, down here is eh? There's a couple good Asian t- t- places that don't deliver, but. I know what you mean. I mean, that's definitely been one of my things that make me drives me nuts about this place too. But it's definitely there's more out there. Like I have not explored all the food options at all, so I'm like slow to kind of bag on their food options because part of me thinks that they do have those hole in the walls, and I just haven't really taken the time to like really explore. Part of that's because I got here during the pandemic. So I'll tell you, this would be such a good market for us, though. And yeah, maybe that's something to think about, Corey Lodell in Charleston. Uh, that'd be awesome. I feel like that about most of the Southern places like Atlanta, Florida, Charleston, I guess, obviously I don't know that, but um, you know, none of them have great food other than like Southern barbecue or seafood. Yeah, I mean, seafood's definitely a big thing here in the barbecue. I, I've, yeah, I feel like I've gotten a little chubby since I've moved here. <laughs> Get Probably. out of here. I think that's in I don't think so. I think it's in your head. <laughs> yeah. Maybe young man put on a couple pounds. There is a good barbecue. And some of the barbecue is like over the top where it's clearly just a different way of doing things down here where I kind of find it disgusting, but I could tell how it's huge. Where like one time I ordered this brisket from this place and I literally got like one of those styrofoam enclosed things that you get food in when you get like the takeout and stuff like that. And it was there must have been like five pounds in there, and there was all this mustard all over it. Which oh made, yeah, yeah. And, they, and, they, I, they I like, barbecue sauce. and I was thinking to myself, like, oh, I could see how this is something that certain people down here probably love, and like show up to this barbecue place all pumped to get like a huge slab of brisket with mustard all over it. But I found it so disgusting, I couldn't even eat it. The other thing yeah. that's cool, and Mike, maybe we'll go here tonight if you're down. Actually, because we were talking about going to the beach later, and this is on the way back. There's this barbecue place that when you go and you get cornbread, it's actually like a pancake. And that's how you know it's real legit. They awesome. give you like a real good pancake. It's awesome. It's oh, really boy. Good. That's yeah, how they're talking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, hey, and Corey, I've caught a fish the other day. Dan took us out on the boat. That was exciting. Yeah, I was pumped when I, I caught my first fish before Lauderdale. I've never Did you? It. Yeah, not, not this time, but the last time I was there. And it's I was exciting. like, for weeks. Yeah. There is <laughs> something good. thrilling about catching a fish, like when you're getting it like lured in. I love yeah. fishing. I, I definitely need to do more of it. And really, 
I was gonna say it's just great for like meditation. It's very relaxing. It very therapeutic. Very, yeah, I agree. I, I try and go a decent amount. I do not really catch much. Like that was awesome. You caught a fish. And it's just, it's been a struggle for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's Florida, I think it's you know, just luck. You know, like, it's, luck, yeah. it's insane the fishing down there. I'll say that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. What What else is going on in the news? Anything crazy you guys want to discuss with that? Yeah, I mean, I saw Microsoft just bought uh, that company is blanking on me now, but they bought that audio company for sixteen billion. Yeah, I was telling Dan about that this morning. I mean, another company just getting paid insane insane amount of money that I've never even heard of. Yeah, um, I saw Clubhouse had a breach where a million people, a uh, million users, maybe more, actually, no, I think a million users, their data is leaked. Uh, so that was. Something See, I, I always wonder, like, what what does that mean exactly? I, like, I was just, I, I was gonna yeah. say the exact same thing. I, I'm, yeah, yeah, I don't really get it because what when you subscribe to Clubhouse or when you sign up, um, you know, you're not putting any credit card information down. It's just your name and your phone, maybe your phone oh, number. They, they have our email now. Like, what are we even talking? I don't even know about? They have your email. I think you connect it to your Twitter account, don't you? No, I think it was phone number. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think phone number. And but it's either way. I definitely connected to my Instagram. I just always these like get the, the whole like data hack things. I'm always wondering like, what is it they need? Well, yeah. the, the last one with Experian was bad because of your social security numbers, but for clubhouse, I mean, it's irrelevant. Like who would even waste time doing that? Someone trying to just steal emails to sell them. Maybe. I think it was just showing that the big thing was how poorly their security was. I think that's yeah. maybe it was said. someone trying to gain leverage in a deal to buy them. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, um, that's uh, speaking of Clubhouse, we got Pamela Anderson coming on BitCloud tonight. That should be interesting. Man, that's uh that was like the first girl I've ever really uh I felt like when I was in like third grade. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been exciting. I've been laying out a lot of questions that are gonna be asked to her. So I did a lot of digging on her last night. I mean, not not a guest that I'm like at all enthralled by by any means, but it, it, she's had quite the interesting journey. That's for sure. When you, when you have to ask someone what their favorite honeymoon was, you know, they've had quite the adventure. Yeah. You know, most people are viewers, like, it's, not, it's not on BitCloud. It's on Clubhouse. I'm right? sorry. On Clubhouse. Yeah. yeah. But so, the first, she, this is the first thing she's doing off social media interview wise. Yeah. And basically um, Pamela Anderson got off all social media and just got on BitCloud which is this new social media that kind of has a social currency attached to it where anyone who's on there has their own digital coin. We've talked about it a couple of times. Yeah. Every week we brought it up, it's still around. It's built, it's been, it seems like building up steam. I think the scam talks are behind us. Now it's just about waiting for an exchange. There was today, actually yesterday, there's now the 17 year old genius created Corey, a Ethereum exchange already. So you can actually buy and sell Ethereum on BitCloud for a 4% transaction fee if you want to get money off the platform. That's awesome. That's great. So good for Sigil. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's all very interesting, all that stuff. And then, you know, Hideki Matsuyami won the Masters yesterday. We were watching that. Yeah. Someone brought oh, yeah. up, someone posted asking on BitCloud actually what material his driver was for winning uh, BitCloud, and I responded with graphite. Wait, 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 say that again. 
Someone it. said as like a trivia question, what type of driver, what material was used in Matsuyama's driver? So that was an easy, I was like, well, aren't new drivers made of graphite? I think, I honestly don't know. That well, I right. could be way off on that one, but I, I'm still waiting to hear back if this guy's going to just throw me money for being right. Carbon fiber that's in them. Oh, well, if they're getting that technical, then clearly no one's answering that correctly. I, I really don't know that, but yeah, the first him winning was his caddy putting the 18th hole pin back in the hole and the bow out of the course. Yeah, that's that cool. Will be a clip that circles for a very long time during Masters. And, and that also goes to show the whole being your authentic self. You know, we always hear Gary Vee talking about that with content and how we always are lately getting way better with that too, where it's like, don't overthink what you post. That's a prime example of some dude that's literally living his life, not doing it for any reason except their their culture and respect. It's not like he's going into that like, oh, you think I can get this to go viral? That oh, didn't yeah. cross that guy's mind. He's probably not even on social media. No, yeah. yeah. Definitely. And that would be, an, that would be like an NFT probably. Probably. That, yeah, that guy's going to be famous now on another level. And then the I other thing. He's going to make – they said that he could make – and this is ongoing obviously, but he's going to be worth a billion dollars just for winning the Masters because he's the first player in Japan. And ongoing, like he has the ability to make a billion dollars just from this one win. I, can see I believe that. it. I mean, when yeah, you think about how big that is for Japan, I mean, oh, that's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's untapped. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna now be apparently the one who lights the torch at the Olympics. Of course, and, yeah, he's gonna wait, be. Wait, uh, aren't the Olympics in China? It's a good question. I thought they were in Japan. No, I think they're in Japan. Think, no, 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 twenty twenty two. No, they were. I think supposed to be in Japan. Last I, I, what I just said is what Jim Nance was saying during the Masters. So that just there. that seems strange to me because I think Beijing is where the next Olympics are, and I find it hard to believe they're going to have a Japanese guy lighting the no, fire. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, no, yeah. They, they, are, they are in Beijing. Oh man, so that was a major. That was Jim uh, Nance screwing up. I'm gonna have to have either, a chat with him. It was either Nick Faldo or Jim Nance. One of them said that on. Yeah, I'm sure that was Nick Faldo. Yeah, I didn't but... come up with that thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, that's crazy. The other thing that was awesome, you guys will love this, is apparently there was a picture taken, and after the Masters, like the next morning at like 6 a.m., he's catching his flight from Atlanta International Airport, and he's in there by himself, just sitting in a chair. And he's got the green jacket just hung over the airport chair. And he's just waiting for probably his connecting flight back to Tokyo. That's so crazy. Yeah, wow. I'll send you guys this on Instagram. It's awesome. That's fascinating. It's like, oh, let me just put this back like it's a regular coat. Dude, it's the coolest photo. Hold on a second. I also love how he just like the first, the first hole, he just completely shanked that drive. It just shows that like he's just human. Completely, you know, nerves got to him. He's Definitely. probably thinking about winning the masters the entire night before he's like, I'm going to do this. And he just gets up and just shanks it completely. I, yeah, man, nerve. It must, the nerves must be crazy. Are you going to be able to see that? I can't. Let me text it to you guys. It's really cool. But yeah, it's uh, hopefully we'll see tiger back in the mix next year. It's still, it was fun seeing a guy that's been on the tour a while hitting a big major win. So that was always exciting. It's just, I was telling Dan, Corey, even like when he won, the level of difference of the crowd, I know it was a lesser crowd because of COVID, but two years ago when Tiger won the Masters, you could have heard that 
from Charleston. Dude, that, ti that Tiger, yeah, Tiger obviously drives golf completely. I, I saw this stat. I'm gonna pull this up. I thought this was really interesting. You gotta look at what I just sent you guys. Though this is just the coolest picture. You texted it. Yeah, I didn't get it yet, Dan. Oh, uh, he sent. He Instagrammed it. I Instagrammed it to your guys' personal Instagram. Oh, yeah. Really, really cool. It says post unavailable. Yeah, same here. All right, I'm going to screenshot it. And we should have uh, Mr. Tardy as usual, Parker right, so Pennington. Before Parker comes on, uh, uh, Dee Murthy from um, from 5-4 posted this the, and the group chat pod. But he says, so golf has lost 5 million players since 2005. 2,400 golf courses have closed since 2006. Amazon and UPS are turning old courses into distribution centers. All of this is happening despite a 14% rise in golf rounds last year. Golf lives and dies off of Tiger Woods. Damn, so yeah, just, I think a lot of that is just how expensive it is to maintain a golf course. Yeah, that, yeah, that too. That's why we've like seen Top Golf come around. That's true. I feel like golf during the pandemic has made a massive comeback, though. Yeah, Dan, that is so cool. Yeah, Mike, you see the picture? I just texted it to you. It's like the most yeah. casual thing I've ever seen. It's awesome. It's literally the greatest thing ever. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. I went, someone must have walked by there just being like, wait, double take? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, wait, is that Hideki? He's yeah, he's got the face mask on. Like, we would notice that. Back. If we were walking in there, we would see that in the heartbeat and be like, whoa. Like, Corey, I mean, you wouldn't get a kick out of that. We'd hit you up. Corey, guess who we just ran into? It would be the least shocking thing if Mike was like, yeah, <laughs> my way back from Charleston, I somehow saw him. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome being on the way to Tokyo, being on his flight back. It would be. He's going to probably have quite the celebration waiting for him when he gets off that plane, you would imagine. I don't That'd know how they do things over there, but, uh, you know, it's just so big for Japan when you really think about it. Like never having, I don't even think a Japanese golfer has ever won a major, let alone a Masters. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. I yeah, mean, so. what other Japanese golfers were there back in the day that were relevant? I couldn't. Yeah. Me neither. Well, good for him. Uh, any other, what else is going on in the world? Dude, what's going on is I'm starting to feel the momentum in the hungry buffs starting to build up for us. Let's go, baby. It just yeah. feels like we're starting to trend in the right direction here. It, yeah. It's just the beginning. And I, mean, I think we're, we're I think it. for our viewers, we're we're definitely toying with the notion of getting into marijuana. I think we've been talking behind closed doors about it. We've got some interesting things brewing here with some very potential fire synergies. I think we could all agree some of the conversations we've been having are exciting. And we it's like anything, guys, as we've seen, even with getting this podcast started, the first step with anything is so important especially when you're having an iteration as whether it's like a part of a synergy for our current business or a separate entity, it's always about taking that first step. And that comes with a leap of faith. I think yeah. everyone can attest to that in anything in life. That and timing is just so crucial. And it just feels like, you know, if for every, every single business, every industry, and it just kind of, you know, we've been talking about this, this kid comes along, just feels like it's meant to be. I don't know. We shall I agree, see. Corey. I completely agree. I think uh, we're going to do something big here. I feel it. 
So let's get that brewing. That'll be very exciting here to add into the ecosystem. Because I think we've all been gung-ho on that space for a long time. And we we deserve to be in that space. I think we're advocates in a way where we we get it. We get what people want with that stuff. And we're, re- we're willing to make it happen. So yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, we got, uh, if you're in Boulder, we have an awesome restaurant launching on Thursday. Gurkha's Dumpling House and Curry House. And uh, we're going to be their exclusive delivery provider. Some pump for that. And uh, oh. Yeah, we've got this link up. And anyway, yeah, that's just that watches this. If you ever do want to go exclusive with us, we'll blow out any rates that our competitors charge. Like we Literally. obviously have standard rates, but we're always willing to make great deals for restaurants that are only willing to work with one delivery service because we see the value in that. And and some of you will probably be seeing Dan in the flesh next week. Yeah, there we go. So that'll be exciting. I love it. And uh, yeah, Conj, I got to tell you, this kid, the auditioning for what I'm trying to help him out with off the clock for this pilot, he's going to have to start being on time. This is unacceptable. <laughs> I feel like that's, this is now his shtick. Like, well, yeah, that's, that's why he didn't make Jeopardy, Corey. <laughs> there you go. You know, like he had a chance of replacing Alex Trebek and Parker Penlington keeps showing up late. Um, what else we got going here? I'll do a quick little crypto update for our followers. We there got we go. Bitcoin hovering above 60,000, which is a major spot for it. So and where do you see that going, Dan? I think it could just honestly start soaring like any day and will start soaring. I've been very vocal about the fact that I think Ethereum hits 5,500 at some point in May. And I think Bitcoin does the same thing with like 100 to 150, like within within a month from now. I think yeah. it happens very, very quick. And if you look at all the moves that happen in Bitcoin and Ethereum, it's tough to really see this when you look at the history of it. But all the action happens over a few days. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, so when you Definitely. really think about it, these breakouts, they happen out of nowhere. The last time it happened, it was about... 150% move over like a four to five week period. And that happens at the beginning of the year. And, you know, they're both just breaking out. So Dogecoin hit seven cents yesterday. Still, still today. That's What's funny, record. Corey, every time I hear the name Dogecoin now, there's this guy named King Doge in the clubhouse <laughs> rooms that has this dog image and he's a character. And now that's all that comes to mind is this dude just raking it in. But I think he's the real King Doge. Who? Yeah. Corey is the real King Doge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Corey, that thing goes up another 10x. You're chilling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. But um, yeah. they're saying, like, if you really put shit, like, if you day trade Doge with a big money, people are making so much cash. Like, it's insane. Because it, does it trade, like, within fractions of a coin? Is that how? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So oh, there's so many people on BitCloud, kajillionaire crypto traders. You could what, just tell. What platform do people use to trade? Like things like Dogecoin, yeah. I got on Robinhood, uh, but you can get it. Doge trading. Yeah, they have like it's selective, but they have like Doge, Ethereum, Bitcoin, obviously. Um, it's not like necessarily set up in a way to like trade it. You know what I mean? So it's it's so I think that's why it's spiking. I think Coinbase. There's rumors that Doge is about to be accepted fully into Coinbase like any day. And it's definitely going to be. And yeah. 
On that note, we got Mr. Doge himself, the tardy king of Chicago. Hello and welcome to the Mr. Doge Show. <laughs> this is Win Mike Rollins Lunch. Who's going to win today? Dan, Corey, Mike, which one are you feeling lucky? Look at that hairdo. Yeah, Ooh, Parker, is that together. A, a fresh toupee? You know, I only get my toupees from the finest of corpses, and this one was fresh. Corey, how are we doing today, our returning champion? Doing good. Feeling like another victory here. Well, I have to say, a... I forgot to bring my package to Charleston, Parker. Well, Dan has about four. They're transferable fully. Uh, let me check. Yes, our judges did say that. That's correct. <laughs> oh, I thought those were taste bud sensitive. Everything we do is well thought out. And I knew you were going to Charleston, so I sent one just for you. Wow. Corey, oh. what are... What category would you like to choose today? Is it dumb competitions? What the hell is that? Whoopi Goldfishberg, Corey's Cows, Magic Mushroom Mike, and Drunk on a Monday Afternoon Dan. <laughs> wow. I think that should be called Drunk on an Afternoon Chuck, but I will go with um, Whoopi Goldfishberger. Whoopi Goldfishberger and Amazing Right Away. We have our daily double for the day. Uh, mm. That was a quick hit. Let's wow. see if you can get it. I thought Just, you saved those for Mike's questions. You know, I like to keep y'all guessing now. This is a visual clue. The, this bioluminescent fish is universally thought to be the most abundant vertebrate on Earth. Living in the middle depths of the oceans, its numbers are estimated in the hundreds of trillions to quadrillions. What is it? Is it the bristlemouth, the dragonfish, the yellowhead jawfish, the paku fish, or the black sea devil? What the heck is this thing? Wow, I, don't, I'm, I might need you to repeat uh, those answers one more time. The bristlemouth, the dragonfish, the yellowhead jawfish, the paku fish, and the black sea devil, most abundant vertebrate on earth. I'll go with the, uh, the black sea devil. Yeah, that was my guess. The Black Sea Devil will save your guest, Dan, because you are going to need it. That is incorrect. <laughs> uh, Mike, Dan. Use, you're going to use to repeat the answer. Yeah, can you repeat these? The Bristlemouth, the Dragonfish, the Yellowhead Jawfish, the Paku Fish, and the Black Sea Devil. But not the Black Sea Devil because that's the one Corey I'm going gets. with the Paku Fish. And Dan? You're going to go with that too? I'm going with the Dragon. Dragonfish, well, everyone's wrong on this one. Oh, unfortunate. It is the bristlefish. Oh, the bristlemouth fish. Parker yes. Bristle Penlington. Parker Bristle Penlington. Off to a rough start today, guys, but Dan, can you turn it around for us? That thing looks like it would shred your wiener to pieces, kind of. It would shred your wiener to pieces because guess what? It's pretty small. <laughs> Dan, your categories are dumb competitions, what the hell is that, Corey's Cows, Magic Mushroom Mike, and Drunk on a Monday Afternoon You. I'm going to do Corey's Cows. <laughs> Corey's Cows. I do like what? a pick. Oh, boy. Who, who does it? What country is home to the most cows in the world? Is it the U.S., China, India, or Brazil? U.S. 
the U.S. He was sure about that. Are you are you really that confident? Yeah. Well, you shouldn't be. Oh, <laughs> it is Brazil with two hundred twelve million cows. I thought we're like destroying the planet with all of our cows. All humans are destroying the planet, Dan. Get used to it. <laughs> Mike. Let's go. The man the show's all about. Your categories are drunk competitions or dumb competitions. What the hell is that? Magic Mushroom Mike and drunk on a Monday afternoon, Dan. Drunk on a Monday afternoon, Dan. Who isn't? Which of these alcohols was invented most recently? Was it tequila, rum, gin, or whiskey most recently invented? Wow. I'm going to go with tequila. Tequila. That's a good guess, but not quite there. Tequila uh. was invented in the 1500s, but rum in 1650 is the most recent on that list. Uh. In case you're wondering, vodka invented in the 700s would have beat all of them out. See, that's why I stick to food, Parker. <laughs> well, you know, some would say that the best breakfast is a hard shot of something. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to our sponsor of the week. Our sponsor is golfing to get away from your girlfriend. <laughs> what other excuse do you have to be away for four hours in the middle of the day? Dan, tell us about it. I mean, I have no comment. I actually enjoy golfing with the girlfriend. What, what do you have to say about that? Well, that sounds like a pile of bullshit to me, but <laughs> what can you do? And then our second sponsor of the week. Hold on a second. I'm pulling up my ad read here. We're getting sponsorship dollars left and right here. It's about damn time. Yeah. As always, Lodell is our second sponsor of the week, and we're doing our new segment, most interesting order of the week from Lodell. Most interesting order comes from Josh P. in Boulder. Shout out to him who ordered 400 deep fried Oreos from the Fat Shack at 2 a.m. on Friday. The wow. Fat Shack living up to its name this week. Yeah, That's I was shocked when that order came in. I was like, that seems a bit obsessive. Yeah, obsessive. It might have been Cookie Jarvis doing a little promo. <laughs> you better hope so. And that brings us to round two. Are we ready, folks? Let's go. We got to race through this one. Let's do. Okay, Corey, you're up. Dumb competitions. What the hell is that? And Magic Mushroom Mike. Uh, let's go. What the hell is that? What the hell is that? Our visual clue of the week. Corey, what the hell is that? Is it <laughs> micro tomatoes, gooseberries, cloudberries, or currants? You know, what I the thought the they were tomatoes that? when I saw them. I I'm I'll go with gooseberries. He's going with gooseberries. Corey just got kicked in the gooseberries because he is correct. Wow. Oh, he <laughs> likes getting kicked in the gooseberries. That's Look the twist. That. I've just Mr. Penlington. The questions have been very challenging the last few weeks. I know. That's You're, what he I does. Mean, I he got a new intern, finally. Starting to feel dumb. Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel better, if you answer just one of these questions right, you're not a moron. So there's that, Corey. You got away with it. Dan. Are you or are you not the M word? Your categories are dumb competitions or magic mushroom Mike. Dumb competitions. Dumb competitions. 
That is another – wait, no, it's not a visual clue. I apologize. Raleigh, North Carolina, each year hosts a five-mile race in which runners have to eat this food at the halfway point. Dan, this is right near you. You should know this. Six Taco Bell tacos, four IHOP pancakes, three large orders of McDonald's fries, or 12 Krispy Kreme delicious donuts. Oh, yeah. Dan, which one is it? Man, I, I was waiting for something that was just completely different than a fast food option. Mm -mm. Um, what was the first one you said? Six Taco Bell tacos of yeah. their choosing. I, I, I think I'm going to go with Krispy Kreme. He's going with Krispy Kreme. Amazing. He oh. pulls out the miracle this what week. What is going on here? Oh, man. It that must was, be April Fool's Day or something. That was something beautiful. And that brings us to Mike. Mike, are you going to tie it all up and save your, your own ass Come here? On. Parker, what do you think? Mike's uh, nice. Let's hope for it. You got Mike's Magic Mushrooms. Can't go wrong here. At about, oh, visual clue. At about 6,000 years old, this mushroom is considered the largest and oldest living organism on planet Earth. How much does it weigh? Does it weigh 7,000 pounds, 70,000 pounds, 700,000 pounds, or 7 million pounds? Largest people, by area. Sorry. The people looking up at it is so funny. <laughs> I mean, I got to go with 7,000 pounds. I'm not, there's no way this thing is larger than that. Is it 7,000 pounds, the largest, largest and oldest organism on earth? I'm sorry. It's 7 million pounds. What? what? It stretches yeah. across three and a half square miles in oh, its I'm root system. Oh, I'm an underground. That was so stupid. Oh. How did I forget that? I knew that answer. He oh. did. Well, let's give it up yeah. for Mike anyway. Yeah. He is the champ as always. In his, that is in unacceptable. Way. It must be the Charleston water. There's a couple packages at the front door with your name all over it, Mike. Well, lucky for me, we're going to have to start the next podcast with <laughs> yeah. me doing this. Thanks to Parker <laughs> showing up a bit late for me today. I did that yeah. for you, Mike. That's Thank not you. true. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to eat a package next week. It's unbelievable. Our guest, our guest isn't on yet. I think you have time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, if you want to, if you want to host the guest interview when I'm puking, sure. I don't think they'll puke. They've been pretty, uh, pretty mild. If you yeah, have already tame. Where are these? Where is this thing? They're right by the door. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Well, Mike's getting that. Dan, let's get a little recap of the week. What have you been up to? Well, Mike's in town. We've actually we've been having a good time, man. Charleston's pretty sick. I've been showing Mike all the different walks of life down here, from the, the nice nature parks to the beaches to the bars to the restaurants, a little bit of everything. What's the best bar in town? Uh, salty. <laughs> oh, man. What's the, uh, Water's Edge. There's this whole area called Shim Creek. And it's cool. There's a lot of a lot of bars and restaurants right on the water. Oh, I love it. Jelly beans? Yeah. <laughs> oh, those are those are just replacement ones because Dan threw his out. But oh since, man, since that's this what is you one got, of those like I'm I'm hopeful I'm not eating puke. Let's all cross our fingers and hope for Mike. Unbelievable. How many of these do I have to eat? Let's I go with two. Right? Yeah, let's yeah. gamble. Oh, Mike is very excited, as we can visibly see. You're either going to get a good one or a bad Here one. Here we go. You're going to look good. Time. Don't go at the same time. Oh, yeah. 
It makes sense to go both at the same time. But if he didn't make it, oh. You know, flavors. Even if you have one good flavor, you just wiped it out with the bad flavor. <laughs> what is Round it? of applause for Mike. He's a champ for getting through this, as always. Mike, oh, God. None of them were that bad. That's an overreaction right there. I'm going to get uh, myself a set. That's the a bar. That's The bars and dirty socks are pretty responses I've ever seen. Meanwhile, I'm just going to publicly... That's spoiled milk right there. Oh, that one's bad. Well, sorry, Mike. Better luck next week. Corey. Miles, can you help me out here? Back to back, Jim. Hanging in there. There we go. Special shout out to Greg Aronson, whose birthday was yesterday. Today. 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 Greg Aronson. Congratulations, buddy. Wait, does that say defeated under me? What is this? <laughs> I, you're the you're the show's host, dude. And you got defeated. I don't know what else to tell you, Mike. Oh, huh. <laughs> that is oh. a bad aftertaste, like on another level. Oh man. Yeah. And let me tell you something. With that, this has been Win Mike's Lunch. Mike lost his lunch today. Corey and Dan won it. And I would like to say, this is Parker Pennington telling y'all to go f yourselves. There See it you is. next week, Thanks, everybody. Parker. Thanks, Thanks for joining us. We might Thank need you. you to stand in as a guest for Mile High Masala here. I'm happy to. Let me know. I'm around the corner. Get some Indian food, wow. buddy. We really yeah. should interview Parker one of these days, though. We're going to have Parker on as a guest soon because he's getting ready to start a pilot before he gets too famous. You got it. Yeah, that kid's going to be hard to reach. Stay classy, New York. <laughs> you better. Catch you all on the flip side. Bye, fellas. See ya, Parker. So... That was great, besides my taste buds. I have um, no idea. She did respond today, Corey, to the Google Doc. Yeah, I know. Uh, and she also responded to my email. Let well, me uh, send her something. If you're watching this, go, uh, go follow us on TikTok. Follow us on TikTok, and we really would appreciate it. If you could leave some reviews, folks. We really need to get these reviews up on Bootstrapped in the Trenches. If you need me to get you a free pizza to leave a review, I'm open to it if you listen to our podcast. But all jokes aside, let's get these reviews boosted up. Apple, Spotify, she, she said, there, she said tell she's, your friends, tell your grandma, tell your dog, just click. She just responded saying that she's on. Uh, do you see her? No. Didn't we have something with the last guest too? Is this on our end? Dan, is something going on with that? Uh, did we have an issue with the last guest? I thought yeah, we did. Yeah, I don't think they showed up. I mean, he, couldn't, not, he couldn't get on. Unless they changed their whole process here. Hold on a second. Wait, I have a feeling that she joined Google Meet because she responded to that. Did we send her the link? Because I didn't get the link this week oh, either. That might be yeah, why. I sent you guys the link here. Yeah, I just she didn't get the link. My bad, Corey. Corey it's I, all good. I just resent you the link. Okay. Having technical difficulties over here, folks. Yeah, that's my fault. I did not send Teju yeah, the link. Um, looking at how shitty the market was today, but my camping world was up. Good. A lot of people going camping. And so is Tesla and Uber. Uber, actually, this is kind of cool for the post-pandemic lovers out there. Uber, for ride sharing, just said that they had the best month they've ever had since starting their business. Really? Yep. That's month, wild. Yeah, the month of March is the busiest month 
people are probably just so sick of being pent up demand. That's what I call that. The most popular saying of 2021, pent up demand. And in-person experiences. I haven't been hearing that saying at all. But it just doesn't make sense because like, there's still so many places that are locked down, like sort of. Mm-hmm. Like, does it make? I feel like that's a complete bullshit lie. They would not have came out and said that if it was a lie. It might have been a combination. I, I bet you it's, it was like a percentage increase. I think it might. No, no, no. They were very specific and like the CEO had an interview and everything. But I think it was a combination of food and ride sharing. It's probably oh, true. Hey, Zhu, how are you? Hey. Thank you for joining us. Sorry about the technical difficulties there. I actually forgot to send you the link when I sent you the Google Doc. My fault. (laughs) No worries. Um, I'm here now. Awesome. How's your day going? Uh, Pretty good. Um, How are you guys today? Pretty good. I'm actually down in uh, Charleston visiting my brother, Dan. Corey's in New York. And Teju, where in Colorado are you based? Um, So I live in Castle Rock, but um, I moved from New York, so I'm very... Um, jealous of Corey right now. <laughs> Castle Rock, though, is the spot to be right now over New York. That place is so beautiful. I love Castle Rock. It is really beautiful. I, I have to say it. it has its pluses um, for open space and um, beautiful sky. What would you say your favorite part about living in Colorado is? Oh, yeah. So um, I have to say that um, when we came to visit to look for a place, the reason we settled in Castle Rock is because of um, the open spaces and you can always see the mountains in the sky. And I feel like living 10 years in New York, all I saw was concrete jungle. So it was a nice, <laughs> nice change. That's the best of both worlds, Tejo. You got the great city and now you enjoy the mountain landscape. You're right. It's really tough to beat waking up to the mountains like that. Yeah, exactly. And what would you say, Colorado-wise, what is your favorite vegetarian restaurant throughout the state? So um, I haven't been out, like, all the time. But, you know, there's this one mom-and-pop place um, in Greenwood Village called India's Castle that my husband and I picked up for Diwali because we didn't have any friends or family here. So we decided we would just, like, you know, celebrate our own and go pick up Indian food. And it was just so fantastic that we didn't end up missing our friends or family. So, you know, it was good food and a nice memory, even though we were so far away from everyone. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, Teju, I have a question about that with actual like Indian food in Colorado. I don't know if this is just my taste buds acting up over the years, but I love Indian food. And I notice every time, like I lived in Colorado for over a decade, I'm there still for our business a lot. I always felt like Indian food in Colorado was tougher for me to taste the enhanced spices. Is that just me or is the thin air have something to do with that? So, you know, it's interesting that you say that. We've heard that a lot. We went to Spanish tapas place and it was spicy for us. And we we're like, how are people eating this? And the waiter told us, is like, oh, with the altitude, you get more tolerance to spice. I'm like, is this an urban legend? I'm not sure. I'm still testing it out. But I feel like I feel like that would explain why there's green chili on everything. Yeah, mm, that's true. Wow. You know, I never thought about that. And now that makes a lot of sense why they would have to do something like that. Have you seen that personally? Like, has anybody complained to you about that one off? You mean um, everything being spicy or the, the green chili? <laughs> the everything being spicy. 
Uh, no, um, since we know so few people, we haven't been able to really get a good uh, data set for complaints. <laughs> That's a good problem. <laughs> Teju, what, what inspired your move from New York to Colorado? Um, it was it was a very um, you know uh, chasing the American dream type of right. move where my husband got an offer for a job that both of us couldn't say no to. Got so it. and and you know. I think for New York, um, I'm not from New York and neither is my husband. So it was kind of one of those things where we wanted to make our careers, you know, spend some time there. We met each other, got married and we were like, you know, um, let's move out of 700 square feet and try to find something bigger. And so that's why that was the other reason we, we moved out of Colorado. You know, when you're in a pandemic in a really tight, dense city, going to a state that has wide open spaces is way more appealing. Oh, so you moved in 2020. Yeah. Oh, so so Mile High Masala is pretty big. I saw you have like over 10,000 followers. So you grew that pretty quickly. I, I've i been growing it. Yeah, I've been growing it for about two years. And I um, have been able to get traction from um, the fact that I just know a lot of people from different states because I moved around. I grew up in Ohio. I went to college, undergrad and grad in Boston. And then I moved to New York and then uh, look a small stint in New Jersey. I feel like people do that. And now in Colorado. So it's been really cool. And as I move, I reconnect with people like my high school classmate lives in Parker. So I reconnected with her and it's just been really cool to like kind of find people along the way. And um, they have been following me on my food journey. So that's, that's cool. cool. But the name, the name has always been Mile High Masala. Previously. No. Okay, it so, you... um, so um, before I moved, uh, before I met my husband, I was like on dating apps for a long time. And um, I started my Instagram account not really having a thought about what my handle should be or that I would grow it. And so I just called it the same handle I did on my dating websites. And it was called They Call Me Caramel Brownie. So that was what <laughs> Instagram was for a long That's time. That's awesome. <laughs> so, very sticky. I love it. <laughs> and then I decided to um, kind of just take a stake in the ground and say, Colorado is going to be my new home, my forever home. And I changed it so that I could be a Colorado. And is that well, what we call ourselves? <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. right. I think, I think so. That's right. um, well, no, it's funny because so, you know, as you know, we run a food delivery company, but we actually used to own one in the city of Denver and it was called Mile High Menus um, back in 2011 to 2016-ish. So we love the name, it sticks, obviously very appealing to us. And we yeah. love masala. And we love masala. Yeah, yeah, and I felt like the masala just made sense for me. It does, <laughs> it flows. That's awesome. Teju, when did you first discover your passion for food? Has this been something you've always had a knack for since you were a kid? I think like, you know, there are things that you acquire and then there are things that you're born into. Like me being Indian, it was just the same as me being born into like the foodie lifestyle. It started with my parents. And so like our lives have always revolved around food. Like my father um, by profession is a doctor, but if he had to like do it all over again, he'd probably become a chef. And he wow. used to, he used to like, um, when my, my dad came over, he couldn't bring my mom right away. So he was kind of like, 
alone in the United States, but he was in residency. So he would cook for all the residents where they would give him money. And then he would just like cook them like a week's worth of food. So he started all that stuff since a young age. So I just kind of grew up into it where my parents would always be haggling salt, masala, sugar. What would, what's the right balance? Right. <laughs> and, um, then I actually embraced more cooking once I went out on my own. And I realized that, you know, when you live in the dorms, no matter how good your dorm may be, it's just not the same as home cooked food. So I started, you know, trying to um, learn. Um, I think where it really became more of a force in my life is when I actually met my husband, who's another foodie. So he cooks a lot too. And I, I would say that all these people in my life are probably more accomplished cooks, which makes me push myself to like do better. Right. And so I just decided why not chronicle all my cooking and put it in a blog so that one day, you know, I didn't have to have a recipe box. I just have a website with it. Yeah. Love that's that. really cool. And that's admirable. I think it goes to show for our viewers too, when you surround yourself with people that already have a craft and something you're in that are knowledgeable. It's cool. Cause I think a lot of people are intimidating when building something up, being around people that have more experience than them. And you're clearly a testament to show why that's so valuable to do. So kudos for even having that mindset, Teju, because I know that's very tough to actually wrap your head around for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah I, I, I firmly believe in surrounding myself with people that are better than me so that I could I can become better myself. That's Teju, awesome. question, question for you. So Mike and I, obviously big foodies, we love Indian food, as Mike stated before, but a lot of people who are getting into Indian cuisine you know, they'll try the same dishes, chicken tikka masala, you know, basic things. What would you recommend as a dish for someone who's trying Indian food for the first time? I think there's a couple of things that I would recommend. And I think it's starting out with something that's familiar and then branching out. So we all know what like tempuras are or like um, beer battered onion rings. You could mm -hmm. try pakoras and you could see how that compares to, you know, an onion ring and see how the masala is a little bit different when it's battered and fried. And then right. what I would say is kind of go to maybe a paneer dish. Um, I think that paneer is one of those things that everybody falls in love with when they eat it. Like what's not to like uh, besides a big hunk of cheese in your food, right? <laughs> I yeah, love exactly. sad paneer, Tejo. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think that's that's a good way to start. I think when you look at like um, tandoori or vindaloo or things like that, the color or maybe the spice level may scare you off because it's not consistent from restaurant to restaurant. But paneer, right. no matter where you go, it always tastes good. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, that's definitely because I have so many friends, I tell them how much they would love Indian food and they're just so hesitant. That's a great way to lure them in, Teju. I'm going to start with the pakora. Great call. Yeah. yeah, everybody knows what an onion ring is, right? It's not too hard. And who doesn't yeah. love non bread? I mean, I could literally eat that in my sleep. Uh, the best. Yeah, we had we had garlic naan yesterday with onion kulchas. And, you know, I didn't care that I had onion garlic masala breath. I just kept eating it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really tough to stop once you start diving in. Yeah, and until you fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, the best food comas are Indian food cuisine. I love it. And Keju, can you take us through what a day in the life has been like for you throughout the pandemic? Yeah, I have to say that I've had like um, two lives, right? Because I've been, um, I, I spent half the pandemic in New Jersey 
in a small apartment and then the other half in um, Colorado, which was like, been an amazing change, right? But um, I'll take you through my Colorado life. Um, I generally just like wake up, um, do my breakfast and I take my dog for a long walk. I, I've realized that starting the day with exercise and some sort of quietness before everything gets crazy is always good. Um, I learned that in my New York life, if you don't learn how to turn things off, you just kind of never do. And I, and I think from there, I just end up doing all of my appointments and cooking. So I, I generally have cooking like two or three days a week. And then the other days I give myself off because not only am I cooking for the blog, but also eating and I don't believe in waste. So whatever I post on the blog or whatever I'm um, trying a new product, um, we consume. Um, and I, awesome. I like to keep it that way. Yeah. So we kind of revolve our lives around, you know, those kind of things. But um, I do spend a lot of time researching and I do some consulting on the side. So my day job is a healthcare software product manager and I work with growing healthcare tech products. So I do some consulting on the side with that too. And so that's basically how my day is. But I have to say, you know, between the hours of like 10 and about four, you know, our meetings and researching and cooking. And then after that, um, I try to just kind of wind down and just hang out with the pup and my husband and we go to bed early. We're early risers and go to bed early people, which early is really that's sound like here in New York. <laughs> I like that. And that's awesome balance, Teju. Do you see yourself at some point in the future with how much you're passionate about food and clearly how quickly you're building up a brand? Do you see, do you want that to become your full-time career? You know, I think that if it's still kind of um, the makeup that it is now where it's fun and creative and the work doesn't feel like work. Yes, I would like to continue to do that. Um, so far, it's been really cool. Um, you know, and I have been growing in different directions, like doing things like this, like the podcast and talking about what I've been doing. And I think, um, you know, every six months, you kind of have to gauge where you're at and make sure that um, you're going by some sort of plan. I think, you know, some of the things that I do for strategy and software um, consulting help with this and allow me to put some structure around it. Otherwise, you know, you could be doing things that don't lead to growth or you could be doing things that you, you think are on a small scale and you should um, increase them to a larger scale. So I think, you know, having the 50 foot view as well as in the weeds view is good on a daily basis. But yeah, um, I wouldn't mind making this, you know, a full-time job if it led to a good lifestyle. I think Te Teju, you're definitely going to get there soon. I could tell you've got the passion and work ethic and dr drive and all those things. When you're really into something, it, it makes it easier to work that much harder because it, it's something you're passionate about. And that's so much, it's really gratifying to see when somebody has something they're into and just running with it. I mean, even though you've moved all over the place, it's still so tough to build up an Instagram account. Corey, I know you could attest to that in that amount of time. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I think, I think people, um, don't realize how much work goes into, you know, kind of building up a brand. And I think you guys know as well that there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that go into it. Absolutely. And from your experience with product strategy consulting, Teju, are you seeing, are you starting to pick up on any new trends in the food blogging world? 
So, you know, I think one of the things that's interesting is um, we have a new normal now, right? COVID has permanently changed the way we think about food and how we consume it. I think, you know, even prior to COVID, even though I like to cook, I, I went out a lot um, because that was a way to socialize. Now, you know, um, I think it's hard to socialize and you're staying at home a lot and cooking. And I think one of the things that is really um I, I, if one of the things I'm seeing is that, you know, everybody wants a fast recipe. Nobody wants to spend all their days in the kitchen, right? And nobody wants to like um, have have a bad meal. So I think a quick, easy, good meal is something that's like really catching on as well as a no waste. I think people are really interested in figuring out what can I do with these banana peels? Or is there something I could do with my vegetable scraps and make, um, you know, broth out of them? I think that's really... Uh, resonating with a lot of people um, to have more sustainability and no waste. And I, I think one of the things that I'm super impressed by the trends is people are stepping out of their comfort zones and trying new spices and world cuisines. You see people that are really just, you know, kicking it up a notch, perhaps trying Indian food, Moroccan food, Latin American food, like it's amazing to see how people are just, you know, kind of stuck in ruts, but wanting to break out of it and um, expand their palate. Has there been anything specifically spice-wise or cuisine-wise that you've tried for the first time recently? I'm sorry, um, it broke up. Do you mind repeating? Oh, for sure. Has there been any type of new food or new spice that you've recently discovered? Hmm. I would have to say that um, I, I can't say that I discovered it, but I've gotten myself reacquainted with it. Um, I have to say cloves. I never really under, uh, I really never appreciated the, the, the great taste that cloves had in food. And it's very strong and it gives it a very aromatic, um, great ambiance to it. So I, I've been um, using cloves more um, and figuring out different ways to put cloves in my food. But as far as um, new spices, um, I think maybe this is not new to other people, but it's newer to me, is taking um, truffle that is maybe in a sprinkle form. Now that's not anywhere like a purist would you use. But I think, you know, when you don't have the budget to have a full grown truffle, what can you do with the essence of truffle and make it taste like a truffle when you're not going out and you want a truffle? So that's something that I've been playing around with. I love truffle. I've been uh, getting into like truffle hot sauce and truffle ketchup. It's so addictive. Uh, truffle ketchup sounds really good. I've been doing it's a lot so of just like truffle garlic bread and truffle pasta. Um, oh, I man. did put truffle in a masala dish and it turned out fantastic. So I'm, I'm inching it towards fusion food. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how strong it is. It just a little bit goes a long way. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting how it at times um, diverges from the real truffle, but then real truffles have very variable taste depending on where you get them from and um, how they've been, how they've grown. Yep. I think it's also cool, Teju, the, every one of our entrepreneurs we've had on here and every guest, the power of the pivot and being able to adapt, even when you're talking about different foods and exploring and even moving around throughout the pandemic and beforehand, you clearly are not afraid of change. With that being said, what one best piece of advice would you give somebody that's trying to start their own thing for the first time or even a new path with a new career? Yeah, I think, you know, 
you guys are really good about um, creating great um, conversation with entrepreneurs. And I think people really like to hear from other people's mistakes so that they can learn and not make those same mistakes. But I think one of the things that people don't realize or may not, or they may realize, but may not, may not want to do is that failure just happens. Um, when you're doing something new and you're not sure about things, um, sometimes things don't go as you plan, right? And and I think you just kind of have to lean into it and move forward and try to be as smart as possible and learn from those mistakes and pick yourself back up and keep going. I think that people don't realize that every entrepreneur makes mistakes and they have setbacks. Just a lot of people don't talk about it. And that success doesn't happen overnight and you just have to, you know, work at it. But as long as, you know, you believe in yourself and can learn from your mistakes, that that, that would probably be the only advice. I'm sure you guys probably um, would say similar things. Yeah, those are all very valid points. And I, I think that sums up entrepreneurship to a T. It always from the outside, I think people see success and they just think it happens, you know, snapping your fingers, but it's a lot of hard work and risk-taking and a lot of unknowns. And it's cool to see how you've been on the journey you're on here. And uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you, this vegetarian sloppy Joe case (laughs) I saw on your, that looked so phenomenal. What does that taste like? So um, I, I'd like to say that it, it's a good way to eat a fusion dish like how you guys were talking about if you want to try Indian food this is another dish that I would recommend um you know when I was um kind of creating it it was for an audience that you know could come from any walk of life that lives in the lower 48 states and I thought why not use something that I was familiar with? And since I grew up in the Midwest, sloppy joes were like the bomb thing when I was a kid. And so, um, you know, I I recognize also Indian food isn't the neat, compact thing. It is uh, fluid and it is enjoyed with your fingers getting dirty. So I thought, hey, why not make it a sloppy joe? We'll be great. Mm. Tisha, you said you were you were you you were born or not born, but you were from you lived in Ohio, is that right? Yeah, I was um born in the United States. I was the first person in my family, in in, in my extended family as well, born in the United States. And um my parents settled in Ohio. Have you ever had Culver's? Oh <laughs> you know I feel, I feel like this is a huge debate on the internet, you know, moderate speed burger chains, Shake Shack. Culver's is one of them. And, you know, they don't have that on the East Coast or much on the West Coast. So I don't really know, but I hear it's unbelievable. So I wanted to see if you've ever had it. You know, it's it's so funny that you say that. I was just talking to my dad because they're visiting from Ohio. I was like, Dad, we're going to go to Culver's tomorrow. <laughs> wow. You Your ears must have been burning. <laughs> How did you guys know? <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah. So did you guys end up going? Um, we're going to go tomorrow and I have my eye on the Butterfinger, um, like mix, uh, like frozen yogurt mix. Um, me and my dad are big Butterfinger fans. So is that going to be your first time at Culver's? Yeah, no? yeah actually, um, when we moved here, we saw Culver's everywhere and we were like, what is this? 
And um, my husband saw a huge line, like 20 cars. And he's like, if there are 20 cars in like, drive through, we've got to go. Cause that line is bigger than anything I've seen before. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny because they're so prominent in uh, Ohio. So I figured if you had it, it would probably have been in Ohio. Yeah, well, you know, I think it depends what part of Ohio. I'm from Northern Ohio, so I don't I don't recall it, but I bet you it's on in Southern Ohio and Cincinnati and uh, Columbus. Well, Columbus has everything. But, um yeah, I didn't I didn't know it, but I also didn't know much about Dunkin' Donuts growing up in Northern Ohio. There's not that many, and now there's so many. So Crazy. Um, yeah. I, I'd say, Teju, that's a great prelude. What's the ultimate Teju Patel cheat meal, last meal on earth? Like calories obviously mean nothing at that point. Okay, so like you guys are going to laugh. It's like a mix of my two favorite dishes from two people that are really good cooks in my life. So, you know, I haven't mentioned much about my mom, but she's a very accomplished cook. But my dad makes up really weird dishes and my husband does like the classics really well. So I want a weird dish with the classic. And um, so my husband makes really good pizza. That's one of the reasons why I married him. He mm. <laughs> I love your style. I mean, that's very important. A pizza is my biggest vice personally. Yeah, that's yeah. A great credential. We, we work out to eat. That's that's how we roll here. My kind of woman, Teju. I have that, <laughs> I say that line. How often, Corey? Oh yeah, that's the only reason we work out. That's and great. so he makes this pizza and it's just phenomenal. We, we eat it once a week and it's like our way to relax into the weekend. Right. And so um, he perfected it in mile high, which was like a task for him. So I would, I would take his pizza and then on top of that, or I would dip, actually I would dip his pizza in my dad's dish. So my dad makes weird things and that's kind of where I get the mashup fusion kind of flair. Cause I've seen him make up things and he's made up some dishes in our family that like have made up names for them. Like that's how funny he is. Right. So um, there was one day he had all these leftovers like doll and rice and all these like veggie dishes. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to put it into a stew. And the stew in our language is called a mix up. And it's called Garbard and 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 Kichiro and everything like that. And the Kichiro um, and the Garbard, they're two dish dishes where he mashes things up. So the Kichiro is the one that I was saying is like a like a the leftovers into a stew. And you know, on the surface, it sounds really gross. You're like, well, all these things have different masalos or no masalos. Like, how is it going to mix? I don't know what my dad does, but there was some like magic wand there that every time it's different, but every time it's like so good and. I can't ever make it like him because it's made up and there's no portions and there's no real spices. You kind of, you kind of use the spices from the dishes you already had to put in the stew. And so what I would do is take this pizza my husband made and dip it in the stew. And I think I would be the happiest woman in the whole world with that weird. And, you know, I love your style. Teju, oh. That's been the most creative answer we've had by far. I have to tell you, is that, that right? is awesome. Well, you yeah. know what's funny is that uh we ask each other this all the time what would you do <laughs> it, it, you know it's a very it's a, it's a question i've always thought of and I, I figured it's a fitting way to end the podcast with guests just because everyone can relate to food and we all have a cheat meal at the end of the day right well what is your guys's um like cheat meal last meal well, no oh, you you know. you're the first person Teju, I would go with, without a doubt, uh, since calories mean nothing, it would be a culmination of 
a, a large 16 inch pizza, well done, jalapenos, mushroom spinach. I would without question have an order of steamed shumai dumplings, as also <laughs> vegetable dumplings on top of it. And I would have to go with a chocolate mousse and whipped cream for dessert. And oh, also a chocolate milkshake. Yes, yes. I didn't even think about dessert. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is, there's got to be some sweet tooth action in there, right? Yeah. What about you guys? What about the rest of you? I'm curious. Well, to you. That's a really good one, Mike. Thank I you. think pizza's got to be one of them. Obviously, all of us growing up on the East Coast, you know, I'm sure pizza probably plays a huge role. But I, I also need a bagel. I need a bagel, a pizza. I need You're right, Corey. Corn. I need to throw a breakfast sandwich in that too. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, well, you guys, well, you, you're making this. It's, it's, it's got to be you guys just everything. Hey, you can have a real out of here. When we talk like, about last meal on earth, you're eating to the death. Yeah, <laughs> that's you, right. If you're no, a dinner, I, I think I'd want as much as I love, you know, dim sum, bagels, pizza, all that stuff. If I could have whoever right now is in charge, like at the highest level of food quality at Kentucky Fried Chicken, if I could have him personally make me a meal. Not just whatever's coming out next in the KFC batch. Because the last time I had KFC, which is like my cheap meal once in a blue moon, it was absolutely disgusting. But if I could have like the head honcho in charge who's really going to make it the way it's supposed to be. And the so way Colonel like, Sanders in his prime. If I could have Colonel Sanders himself make me KFC with about eight biscuits and mashed potatoes and, gra and gravy, like a whole bucket of KFC, I will just yeah. devour that whole thing and die a happy man. <laughs> with a head now I, I think we're, a biscuit as your last meal. Nothing compares to a biscuit. I love biscuits. Except Teju, non-bread is up there. Honestly, when it I comes to bread, a coma. Teju, so where before we have you go here, where could our viewers find you? So you could find me on my blog, Mile High Masala blog, and my Instagram, Mile High Masala. And I chronicle everything there. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, hopefully we could all, we'll be back in Colorado soon. Hopefully we could all get together for a meal and uh, break bread together. Yeah, sure. I am happy to order all the Indian food for us and have you try tons of things. Oh, it's so, Asia. We're making Asia. that happen. Yeah. yeah it's really that. nice to talk with you guys. You guys are so cool. And I love all of your suggestions for the last meal. Oh, thank you so much for joining us, Teju, and keep in touch. And we'll send you the episode when it's published later you, in the week. You have some serious food porn on your Instagram. I'm actually oh. changing my mind. The last thing I want before I die, <laughs> whatever you posted on March 14th, which, <laughs> which are pancake s'mores. You guys actually have to check oh, this out. Oh, yeah, I made I, it. I checked that out, yeah. free and amazing. Oh, so. my yeah, so good. I think I think I'd have actually. Sorry, my my last like my dessert for my last meal on Earth would just be pancakes. Like I would do breakfast as my yeah. dessert. I love instead that. Of course. Dessert. Yeah. You guys, you guys are gonna laugh. So I didn't add dessert, but you know what my dessert would be? The biggest Kit Kat you could find. <laughs> I love that. Wow. You know I you gotta go to Japan, Tejo. Japan has ultimate Kit Kat styles. Like yeah, I've never seen totally. anything like it. Yeah, the bigger the better with the Kit Kats. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Give me a break. And on that note, that was Teju Patel with Mile High Masala blog. You've got to check it out. If you're in Colorado, you're probably going to be craving Indian food, even if you're not in Colorado. She's got a great 
thing going on. And it would not shock me if this turns into a full on empire soon in the food kingdom. So with that note, it's been an awesome episode here. We appreciate everybody tuning in. We will be back next Monday and uh, appreciate if you subscribe to bootstrapped in the trenches on Apple music or Spotify until next time, dive into a food coma with us and take care of folks. Strapped in the trenches, making moves going all out. Every day handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team, let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady, keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get Lodell, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.